Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in. Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 106.3 FM, back to local programming for the next couple of hours. And thank you for spending some of that time, at least with Trent and myself, on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today. We are going to start off with Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports. He covers Iowa State, CycloneAlert.com. We'll take a look back at last night's Iowa State-Texas game. <laughs> Covered for the third straight night, Trent. Right, third yeah. straight game. Getting better. I least. think they are. You know what? According I mean, to the odds makers. Yep, I think they are. I don't know how many wins that's going to mean at the end of the Big 12 season. Not a whole lot in this conference. I don't think so. But as we both said back in November, you know, just take some baby steps and let's see those steps moving forward. And they clearly are. Uh, look, no moral victories. I get it. Mm-hmm. But you take what you can get uh, in this year, which was going to be a down year, and at least gives you a little bit of encouragement if you're watching the game. Uh, as they made it close last night. So Michael Swain on that, Michael Swain on the bowl game. And maybe uh, Michael will have some news, because there's still a handful of seniors that haven't made their decision either way. So we'll see uh, if uh, with the football program, uh, if, if he's got any info on that. Bill Bender's going to join us. He's a Heisman voter. Uh, he's a college football writer for the Sporting News. We'll get into the latest with that. He's also uh, does the NFL once the Sporting News, once the uh, college football season kinds to uh, t- taper off a little bit. Uh, and we're at that point. So Bill's moved over to the NFL. We'll get his take. Uh, Hall of Fame guys have been announced. They've cut it to the final 15 for that. Maybe you and I can have some fun on with that in the first segment, uh, as we're both uh, pretty hardcore NFL fans. At eleven o'clock uh, on a Wednesday, or eleven o five on a Wednesday, that means David Kaplan is here. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors Cappy Bears, Cubs, Chicago sports in general. With our friend David Kaplan, he's eleven o five, and then Kevin Lehman for the first of I anticipate done numerous appearances through the basketball season. He's color analyst with ESPN, uh, and whoever will have him. Quite frankly, uh, he moved moves around. He's good at what he does. Uh, and we'll uh, talk about uh, Drake and you and I and Iowa State and Iowa with our friend Kevin Lehman in our final segment. And uh, that is presented by our friends over at Washer Systems of Iowa. Thanks to Jeff Egley getting Kevin back on for another year. He uh, also did some SEC basketball and was at the Tennessee-Missouri game last week. So Was he really? Good for him. Yeah, he's been bouncing around, not just the MVC and a little Big Ten, Big 12, but now getting a little SEC, of course, with Missouri part of the mix. And yeah. It's just got to be so different, you know, going through and, and preparing for these games, what travel is like for these games. And is he traveling to all? Well, we'll ask him. I want to find will. out. We will, yeah. I want to find and out. And see exactly what the, the schedule is. You know, we, of course, talk weekly to Mitch Holtis, the mm-hmm. voice of the Chiefs, who also does a lot of basketball once Chief season finishes up and hasn't done as much basketball <laughs> here the last couple of years. Busy. Because of that. But I asked him... Oh, I want to say it was before Thanksgiving, maybe the week before Thanksgiving, uh, what his plans were for MVC basketball. And at that point, he just he hadn't heard anything even Mm. from the MVC side. So I'm sure a lot of these games are just being cobbled together last moment. Yeah. I didn't Cappy tell us a couple of weeks ago that that um, because he does college basketball. mm -hmm. He's a former uh, scout coach. 
that he was going to be exclusively Valley this year. Didn't he tell us that? Yeah, wasn't doing any of the A-10 games that he normally flew mm-hmm. out for. So he was just going to do, and pretty much I think it was... Drivable? Yeah, going uh-huh. to Peoria, to yeah. Bradley, normal for Illinois State and Loyola, and that probably was going to be about it for A Lovely him. part of the country to motor through in oh, January, yuck. February, Trent. <laughs> Schlepping through the valley in the winter months. Yeah. Oof. Uh, anyway, so we will talk to Cappy, uh, and then we'll get our friend Kevin Lehman in here, and we'll talk some college basketball. Uh, there were a couple of, I mean, look at, just when you think Izzo might be, you know, on the mat, right? You're, you're, you got the two count, and you're about to put your hand down. Mm-hmm. That's so fast. For one night anyway, Sparty uh, looked like Michigan State normally does. We look at, if you're a um, fan of college basketball, if, you, if you're a fan of Iowa, you saw Rutgers. We saw Rutgers give Iowa everything they wanted mm-hmm. uh, over the weekend. That was a hell of a basketball game. Uh, but they had no answer for Michigan State last night. I don't know if there's a you know, kind of a letdown or a hangover. I don't think so. It's Michigan State for crying out loud. They just didn't play well. And Michigan State did, and clamped them down defensively. Uh-huh. And that's probably the limitation of this Rutgers team, is there's going to be stretches where they're just not very good on the offensive end. There's only so many times that you can kind of go to the well and say, all right, Ron Harper, Harper Jr., put your head down and get yeah. to the rim. <laughs> Boy, he's a big dude. Isn't he not yeah. tall? He's thick. thick. Yes, he is. His dad wasn't like no, that. No, built much differently yeah. than Pops was. Boy, he's a good defender, Pops. I loved this game. You would think, though, first of all, Anybody that ever, at any point in a season, throws dirt on Izzo, come on. Right. Especially as we're... You've learned your lesson. The beginning of January. And yeah. nah, they're not very good then. Mm. We've seen plenty of teams that are not very good in November or Ooh. December or even into January and February. But this guy knows how to push the right buttons yep. and have his team peaking seemingly at the right time. Yeah, there's been upsets. You know, Remember the team that lost sure. to Middle Tennessee State a couple Absolutely years ago? Do. I thought they were going to win the national championship. Yeah, you weren't alone. But those kind of things happen. That's what happens in a one-and-done scenario. To count this guy out, to count the team out, I thought was a little bit silly. And if you're a Hawkeye fan hoping for that regular season mm. crown, he said, boy, couldn't they have been on the schedule at the beginning? Yeah, really. Would have liked to get them when they weren't playing well. <laughs> That's a good point. You know, um, this aside, Trent and I tape our media comp show today, and we now that we're at the end of football, we started to do our... Power rankings might not be the best way to describe it. Our eyeball test for the Big Ten and the Big 12. I'm on maybe a redo because I think I had Rutgers higher than, than, than maybe. You know, I... Yeah, because you I did really, it yesterday afternoon, right? Right, I yeah. did before the game. And then I turned it over to you and you do your work. Then you tune it in. Then we sit in front of Zoom and we tape it. This is so difficult, this Big Ten conference. I mean, I asked Rob Doster last week. Here's $100. Better than one, one team. You know, in, in the Big Ten to win the conference regular season, like what? what there's no reason Iowa can't Trent, and I and mm-hmm. I wanted to put him in, in that top spot, but I didn't want the criticism to come, you know, over right. blah blah blah. Um, but it's just such a crapshoot. Michigan plays tonight. Don't they have a good game tonight? They do Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. right? And there's a really good game in the Big Twelve too. Baylor and Oklahoma, maybe. Is that what it is? Yeah. I know there's there's two competing games, and they're both in the late window, one eight and one nine, maybe. Uh, of the two conferences that mean yep. it is right seven thirty start for Minnesota at Michigan okay and then eight o'clock for eight Oklahoma o'clock. Baylor yeah two really good games but the boy oh boy and Creighton good. plays at eight too boy we're gonna have a lot of bouncing around over on FS one against Seton Hall she got to watch him gotta we do watch him McDermott's got a uh, a good team you see what he came out and said early in the week he's mm. never gonna wear another suit on the sidelines oh really never did you he's, see that's gonna change 
Uh, Mike Bray over the weekend. No, I didn't. They were what at, did he wear? They're at Carolina. Just shorts. <laughs> shorts. Shorts. That might be pushing the envelope a little Just bit. Just a little bit. And that's from a guy who, you know, has a problem with broadcasters wearing shirts and ties right, right. And, and sports coats. Just wearing shorts, eh? Yeah, that's a little too far. Probably. Yeah, that's a little too far. All right, so Iowa State-Texas last night. Texas's length was obviously a, a problem for Iowa State. But Trent, you know what? Again, this wasn't going to be a year where you're, wow, this is a bubble team. <laughs> What do they got to do to get into the conversation? Yeah, yeah. Can they pick off? And, you know, it's not going to be the year in all likelihood. Now, they might win a game or two that you, um, you know, if you're a Cyclone fan, you're feeling pretty good uh, about them the, the next morning. It's about improvement. And we're seeing that. And I know the point spread's not the be all, end all, but kind of it is. Right. Yeah. You know, they put that number because that's how many. The, and Iowa State against West Virginia, against Baylor, and against Texas, three pretty damn good teams in the Big 12, one of which at the top, uh, Texas not far behind. They covered every single. They're a cover machine so far in conference play. They are. They are, well, three and one against Well, I guess the, the K-State. Yeah. yeah, that didn't work out so well. And that Texas Tech number, the projected point spread in Ames against Texas is Tech this the, weekend. Okay. What do you think it is? Oh, God. Texas Tech 8. Six. Okay. A little tighter than you'd think. Mm-hmm. Might be, we'll see what the actual number is, but that's what Ken Pomeroy has. But there's there's pieces that, again, you continue to get excited about. Johnson and was good down the stretch last night. David Johnson's ability to get to the rim. Uh huh. It seemed like early in the year he was settling a little bit for jump shots, right. maybe falling in love with it a little too much. Totally know what you're, what you're referring to. And you have two guys that are volume scores Bolton. Mm hmm. Takes a lot of shots to get those. Yeah. And, and really, Coleman Lands is kind of that way, too. Yeah. You have three guys. Bolton's the athleticism dude on the yes. floor. Yes. And Johnson showed that. Showed some quickness off the bounce. Yeah. And Coleman Lands, I know efficiency-wise, the, the metrics do not like him. I just, I like his game. There's times I'm like, mm-hmm. I really like watching him play ball. And there's times when you think that they're firing up a three just for the sake of firing up a three. There's you also know, Try and run your offense. Right. Um, again, uh, Texas is a good basketball team. Texas is going to be a major pain in the you know what in the Big Twelve Conference. And Iowa State, at least, they didn't get run out of the building. They didn't. They, they played well, and they they didn't give up. I mean, down the stretch, this is when that they were they were doing their thing. And it's not like Shaka Smart is playing guys that are walk ons, right? right? Right. He didn't go very deep. In fact, I think Prome went deeper. They, they did. I got the box score here. Not, he he played nine guys last night. Uh, Shaka Smart only played eight guys last night, so it's not like this was garbage minutes. Iowa State, give them credit. They're going to win a couple of games, and I wasn't sure that that was going to be the case. I know that back in November, after we'd seen them play early uh, in the season, we both kind of felt that this, I'm not sure we could come up with the exact, pinpoint the exact team. This is the worst Iowa State team since. Right. Maybe they're not. Maybe they're not. I think there's enough talent. I think you're going to see enough positive steps by the end of the season that people are going to say, all right, we're still dealing with a pandemic. Finances are not easy just to get rid of Prome. No, no, he's not going anywhere. And you get another season. Yeah. But it's going to be, you need to win next season. Right, right. The pressure will be on. But everybody probably outside of Solomon Young will come back, right? And Solomon Young could come back if he wanted to. He had a good night last night. He did. He had a good night. But everybody out of this group, I guess... Coleman Lands is also a senior. Right. I so, mean, unless they want to enter the transfer portal, then we might see some of that. Could have happened, yeah. But with Johnson? No, I don't think so. With Bolton? 
with Harris. We get Trey Jackson back. Yeah. Some of those young pieces, Avery mm-hmm. Foster, we see glimpses from time mm-hmm. to time. And they got a top 50 kid coming in from Milwaukee. Yeah, Xavier, Xavier Foster's got to grow into his body. That, that's how People have been of, saying that for four years. Ha, see, I, you saw him in, you saw him in, in yeah. high school. By the way, high school basketball, ready or not, here it comes. Yeah, started up last night, and we're going to yeah. have Valley Southeast Poke here on the airwaves. Girls, boys, doubleheader, 6-15 on Friday. Well, we'll have to do something on that, maybe tomorrow. We'll, yeah. we'll do a high school. A lot of good basketball Yeah, let's just, maybe we'll get Cody Goodwin in here to come in and uh, opine. Well, he's on the wrestling side, so. Well, whoever does their basketball. Yeah, maybe a Matthew Bain. Good. We talk to him. Yep. Find him. Let's do it. Let's give, let's give them some pub. Let's give Jeff some airtime. He's been patient. Jeff, welcome to Miller and Condon. What's on your mind this morning? Hey, guys, you know, you kind of beat me to the punch, it seems like, all the time when I call. But, um, you know, I'm a little bit kind of away from you, Ken. Here's the deal. If the Cyclones win two games, at the end of the season, Jimmy Pollard and company, they're not going to remember in January January when they're covering the sprint. If they win two, three games, they were one of the worst teams last year, and then you open up Hilton and all the donors and – other fans and myself come next January. That upper bowl is going to be empty. The lower bowl isn't going to be that full. There's not going to be a lot of patience for Prome if they struggle next year with everybody that's coming back and the top 50 recruit. You know, I think it's crazy. I know the pandemic's going on, but if this was Fred's team, people would be jumping off the rooftops going crazy. So it's, you know, I understand they gave Prome, you know, an extension a couple years back. Um, but you know, the time is the clock is kicking. Sure. I agree with that. I agree with that. So, you know, I hope I see more improvements, just not just them, you know, with their bench. Here's the deal. I took Texas first half line and one. What was the number? Uh, six and a half. Uh huh. And they were up what? 10, 10 or 10 or 12. Right. But you know, you guys brought up their bench. Their bench had zero points in the first half. That can't happen. Not on the road. And I, you know, so I understand you guys are talking about their bench, but they, everybody's got to step up. It just mm-hmm. can't be Bolt and others. You know, come, you know, again, you, you said no one's quit yet. Well, it's just, it's the first week of January. No, I get it, but they're, 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 playing, they're playing the top teams, other than K-State. They, they've played three of the better teams in the Big 12. I mean, they haven't seen Kansas yet. They uh, haven't seen Texas Tech yet, as we know. But there's... Did this? There's. There was really nothing. There was not a lot of hope. I mean, did you have hope before the season that there was going to be anything but what you've seen so far? This is what I was expecting. Yeah. Right. Right. So, so take take some steps forward. They have, but like you know, you've kind of you know you've went back and forth. But at the end of the day, they need to win. You know, I I, I like next year they need to win. I agree with you. Next year they absolutely. Prom's got no pressure on them this year. There's no money. No, there's no pressure this year, but, you know, next year, the, the, the seat's going to be a little yes, bit warmer. Yes, as, as it should start. be. As it should be. I totally agree with you. And, and if, if you've got that impression that I don't, then I, um, I've got to be more clear. I totally agree next year the pressure's on. This year, there's no pressure. Do you know how, what the extension was for him? I don't Moving remember. Trent, I got you? it here. It's through 2025. Um, 2025. About $2.4 million. He gets a $50,000 bump a year, but yeah. about $2.4 million I, a year. And I'm going to kind of go both ways with both of you guys. So let's say you get rid of Prome. Who, who, who are you going to get? You know what I mean? Like, okay, so you whack Prome because he struggled. Who, I mean, who is there that, you know, is really better than him for an Iowa State thing if you can't bring back Fred and that's all the way up at the stars? Yeah, I know, you know what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not happening. Jeff, thanks for the call. Appreciate you listening. Appreciate right. you calling. And I think that's a really good point, too. Who is going to be there? What kind of staff can you hire? 
if you find the money to actually fire Prome, and this year not going to happen. They finish four and nineteen in twenty three games. Okay, then what? Who's who's making that move? How desirable is the Iowa State job all of a sudden? Well, it's still a Big Twelve job, and it's, it's a Big it's Twelve job success, but it's, it's not very good right now. So right. maybe there you, you come in and you're not expected to. Maybe you get a couple of years, uh, but we you know we're, we're way ahead of ourselves. We are. This is a conversation for this time next year, right? Uh, Trent, let's let's switch gears. Just I want to spend a couple of minutes on this. We'll do more with Bill Bender. So the. The NFL has come out. They've cut the list of finalists to 15 finalists. Uh, those guys will then be um, discussed. That number will be cut to 10. Subsequently, will be cut to five um, of the modern-day players. There's two first-timers, and maybe three, and I'm anxious to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning's a lock. Yes, right. Charles Woodson is a cinch. Uh-huh. Here are the other first-timers. Uh, Jared Allen, Calvin Johnson. Is Calvin Johnson a, a first ballot, no doubt about it, Hall of Fame? I mean, he was, his, look, his career was going to get him to the Hall of Fame. But no, he is not. I wonder about him too, Trent. I just, the eight years, is that what he got? Seven or eight, yeah. Just don't think it's enough. Even as good as the numbers are, and in fact, I'm bringing up his numbers. Or is this the second time he's been up? This might be the second time he's been up, but regardless, Peyton Manning is a first-timer. He is a slam dunk. Charles Woodson is a slam dunk. Here's the rest of the list. Let me just run by this, and you find three guys, because we're only going to put five in. Mm -hmm. Three guys. Eric Allen? No. Jared Allen? Jared Allen, no. Willie Anderson? No. Rondé Barber? Maybe. See, to me, no. Okay. Um, but you, maybe, that's fine. Uh, Cornelius Bennett, nice player. No. Here's an interesting one for me. Tony Baselli. Dominated. He did. He's he's definitely on the maybe pile. Didn't, didn't you, wasn't it you that brought up Jacksonville early in the in the mm-hmm. mid-90s last year? Yeah. Remember when they were born and all of a sudden, like, boom, yeah. there they were. Vernell and company. Right. Yeah. Um, Baselli's interesting. Leroy Butler. Really good. Alan Fanica. No. Beast, time. Huh? Rodney Harrison. Maybe Pyle. Tor- Tory Holt. No. Galvin Johnson. John Lynch. No. Okay. Clay Matthews Jr. No. That's not the Packer. That's the The Brown. senior. Right. The uh, dad. he's junior. <laughs> I think he's junior, isn't he? Oh, and then... I think there's the old man. I think Grandpa's... We're talking about the one that played for the Browns. Clay Matthews, Cleveland Brown. Yes. Sam Mills. Oh, boy. Oh, boy is right. Yeah, definitely on my maybe pile. Uh, Richard Seymour. No. He had a pretty good run there. Steve Tasker. No. Not with this group. That's pretty tough, right? Fred Taylor. No. Zach Thomas. Maybe pile. I can't go there. Um, Really good good player. Good stats. Yep. Always had a ton of tackles. Heinz Ward. No. Reggie Wayne. Yes. Yeah, do him and Peyton go in as a tandem. Uh-huh. Patrick Willis, too short of a career. Yeah. Woodson, Darren Woodson. That was another good name. Mm-hmm. But no. Bryant Young. No. No. So your other three, if you're putting Woodson in, you're putting Peyton Manning in, who are you going to put in? I'm going to put in Sam Mills. Okay, I'm with you. That's three. Two more. Tony Baselli. I'm with you. That's four. Mm. Got to find one more. One more. Rondé Barber. Are you? I gotta I gotta look at numbers now. Maybe it's just maybe it's just because I liked his name. <laughs> you didn't like Tiki's name. I, you I, like Rondé's name. Yeah, I did. I did not like Tiki, but I liked Rondé. 
Let's see, numbers-wise, Super Bowl champion, five-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, NFL interceptions co-leader, oh, just for a year. Uh, let's see, career 28 sacks, 47 interceptions, 14 touchdowns, mm. 15 forced fumbles. Yep, there's my number five, Rondé. Do John Lynch. John Lynch. Teammates right. in Tampa Bay. And this does not involve him as a 49er GM, right? No. This is only what he's done. This is Tampa Bay and Denver. On the field. All right. John Lynch. Let's bring it up. The numbers. Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. With Tampa. Na- yep. Nine-time Pro Bowler. Mm-hmm. How many was Rondé? Uh, five. Okay. But two All-Pros as opposed to three for Rondé. Okay. Um, 13 sacks. Mm-hmm. 26 interceptions. 16 forced fumbles. It's a hell of a career. He's, he's in the hunt. Those counting stats are not nearly as good, though, as Rondé. Yeah. As you'd anticipate safety versus mm-hmm. corner. Yep. Versus corner. Yep. 14 touchdowns, though, for Rondé Barber? That's ridiculous. I wouldn't have thought that. I, I wouldn't have thought that. That's a ridiculous number. Oh, uh, well, we will uh, find out that's the Saturday before Super Bowl, but a good list, and then there's going to be some guys that uh, aren't going to. Um, I'm going to make the cut, obviously, and some really good football players mm-hmm. are going to be left on the sidelines. Patrick Willis, boy, his career was trending that way. Reggie Wayne, we didn't put him in. We didn't, no. It's another one. Reggie Wayne's got to be in. How is that one of those? I would, of course, my favorite thing if I would be able to be part of the NCAA selection committee. Uh-huh. Is it the Pro Football Hall of Fame, that meeting? Is that your top of your list? Um. Uh, Boy, I think the selection committee. Yeah, you'd be the same. I think so too. You know, maybe the college football playoff committee. Oh, geez. See how they can hey, they screw that thing up year after year. <laughs> that, that, if I could, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, real quick, the Heisman last night. No, no surprise, nope. right? They got the right guy, Devontae Smith. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence finishing second. I mean, we'll look uh, back upon it and kind of probably scratch our head and say, how did that happen? Right, but- right. But I think they got the right guy. Trevor Lawrence never won a Heisman Trophy, really. Neither Peyton Manning. Yeah, right. Um, They got the right guy. Yeah. Let's do that. All right, so we will uh, get to uh, Michael Swain coming up from uh, CycloneAlert.com. Look forward to talking with him. We'll do so on the other side. Bill Bender on college football. There were some rumors yesterday. Middle of the afternoon, thereabouts, uh, that COVID was uh, an issue um, inside the Ohio State football program. And, of course, very quickly, the um, conspiracy theorists out there, <laughs> including our friend Bama Bob, uh, thought, <laughs> the Texas back thought that this was, uh-huh. all, this was all about Justin Fields and his ribs. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know if there's anything to it or not, but I, I, I don't want to believe that there is. Look, if they, if they delay the championship game for another week, you know, I look at it, it just gets us one week closer to the res- resumption of college football in the fall. Push it back. Push it back. Play Push it, it back a couple of weeks. Play it in April. That's fine by me. Just give us something to look forward to, because September's way too far. It is. Way too far in the distance. Pete, real quick, and then we will get our break and talk Iowa State. Pete, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm going to say Calvin Johnson, the Hall of Famer. Okay. So I'd like to see a comparison of numbers between him and Reggie Wayne, and then I would also like Quarterbacks. to see who threw them the ball. Right. I mean, Calvin Johnson was triple teamed yeah. with guys named yeah. Ford and whoever yeah. else played next to him. You probably couldn't even yeah. come out of a lineup. No, Pete, you make a great point. I mean, if he hadn't cut, he had a lot of injuries because he was triple teamed and mm-hmm. he was getting hammered all the time against 
with some bad quarterbacks. He was he uncoverable, Pete. He was uncoverable. He was. Even triple teamed, he was catching touchdown yep. passes. You see his highlight films versus yep. Reggie Wayne. You'll see Reggie Wayne running wide open, yep. and you'll see Calvin Johnson triple team catching balls against everybody. Make a great point, Pete. a really bad team. You make a great point. Thanks for checking in. Appreciate your call. Yep. Uh, take care. It's, it's tough. It it's is. Tough. 83 touchdowns for Calvin Johnson over seven years. Mm-hmm. 82 for Reggie Wayne yeah. over how many years did he play? A lot. Yeah. A lot more. Mm-hmm. That is for sure. It's tough, man. Yeah, because of that and the quarterback to go along with it. Mm-hmm. In hey, those first tiers. First ballot Hall of Famer. Still didn't make my top five, but. Yes, Kelvin Johnson ahead of Reggie Wayne. All right, uh, we'll take a timeout. Ten twenty-five. Michael Swain, two, uh, Cyclone Alert, twenty-four-seven Sports. Uh, he's coming up next. We will check in with him. See if he's got any intel. There's some chirps out there that a couple of difference makers on the defensive side of the ball are really wrestling with their decision, and they haven't made their decision public one way or another. You can figure them out. Uh, but right now, it's time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword PAY to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance to win $1,000. That's PAY to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Just past 1025 on a Wednesday military in Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 010. Anywhere. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3 FM. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, Heisman Voter. He'll join us here in about 15 minutes. I uh, look forward to speaking with Bill. Right now, we're going to talk some Iowa State. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports at CycloneAlert.com. He joins the program. Michael, Trent, and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? Happy New Year to you. Yeah, Happy New Year to you guys, too. Doing great. Feels weird now kind of being in solely basketball season now that football's over. But, yeah, uh, it's sad. It's definitely time to get rolling with basketball. <laughs> no, it is. It's just... Uh, I, I miss college football so much already. Anyways, Michael, but it'll be here before we know it. No, it won't. Quit trying to fool yourself, Miller. Um, Michael, uh, let's start with basketball, but I do want to save some time for football at the end just to pick your brain a little bit about what you're hearing with some of the guys that haven't made their determination as far as next year public yet. Seen some steps out of this out of Prom's crew last night. Didn't... Uh, you know, didn't give up when it looked like they were overmatched at times, that the Texas's length was just uh, going to be too much on the night for them, but kept hanging around and hanging around, and they there they were within a handful of points uh, at the end of the game. Johnson got, what did he score, the final 8, 10 points, yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Uh, but Johnson was good at the end. Uh, but some baby steps maybe for this, uh, for Prohm's team. Definitely, and that's kind of been maybe the theme of the last, you know, maybe two weeks of, of this team has been being able to be super competitive in these games. Now it's just kind of a question of getting over the hump. I think you saw maybe last night, Iowa state was able to stick around thanks to Chavin Johnson, you know, who scored, I think it was nine of Iowa state's final 15 points of the game. Um, and I think the thing that you, I look at is Rasir Bolton's play last night. Um, he's been someone that has been probably the most consistent player on the team on a game to game basis. And last night just wasn't his night, you know, picked up two fouls early on. Um, picked up his third early in the second half. 
it just didn't really look like himself throughout the game. And I think he's the one player that if Iowa State is going to pull out, you know, wins in these games, you're going to have to get the best version of him. And I look back at last night as one of those games where, hey, if Rasheer Bolton doesn't turn the ball over five times, if he's able to stay on the floor for more than 29 minutes, you know, maybe Iowa State has an even better chance. You know, he's not someone that's going to go and go berserk from three, knock down a bunch of shots, but he's kind of the, the really the primary ball handler yep. on the team. And the issue is right now is they don't really have that second guy. You know, Tyler Harris can do it, but he's a little small to do it to be kind of that primary guy at the Big 12 level. And you even saw him, he had a critical turnover down the stretch of the game as well. So I think for this team to really kind of get over the hump in these games, I think you're really going to need to see the best out of receiver Bolton. The team's going to need to continue to play well on the defensive end. Um, I think they've played with a lot of energy on that side of the ball, you know, as of late in the last couple games. But, you know, it's all kind of in the terms of a, a moral victory right now. And I think as Trey Jackson said earlier this week, you know, they're not really in the business of getting moral victories. Xavier Foster, just four minutes in the game, hit his only mm. shot of the ball game. Also had a pretty nice assist, but just not a whole lot of minutes. Is that more of a product in your mind of Solomon Young and how well he was playing last night? Or is that just where we are right now in the development of Foster? So Xavier Foster is actually sort of injured at the moment. Um, he had a screw put into his foot back in 2018, and it seems to have kind of re-aggravated the injury as of late. Um, he put some stuff up on his Instagram that kind of talked a little bit about it. Um, he put a picture of the x-ray that showed the screw in his foot and was kind of saying that mm. he's trying to battle through it as much as he can. Um, at the moment, Steve Prohm says it's going to be more of a, not a game-to-game basis, but just let's see how he does in practice. Let's see how he does in warm-ups. Let's try and get him out there. Um, there was a moment last night in the game where, you know, he was out there for maybe two minutes, three minutes, I want to say, and then he kind of started limping a little bit, and then he had to come out. He has to get yeah. subbed out. So I think for him it's a question of trying to find that balance of, you know, you want to get him on the floor because he is so skilled and so talented that he can help you win games. But you also want to make sure you're not mortgaging his future and the future of the big men at Iowa State because you look at, you know, George Condit and Solomon Young. Solomon Young could leave after this year if he chooses mm-hmm. to. And then you're really looking at Xavier Foster and George Condit. So then do you want to risk next year, you know, not having a fully healthy Xavier Foster just to try and win, you know, uh, maybe one or two more games this year. You know, when I when I when I look at Condit, I mean, when we saw him early in his career, you think to yourself, maybe they got something here. This kid's going to develop into a nice player that you know might play twenty minutes in a game. Hasn't taken those steps forward. What's holding him back? Do you think, Michael? Um, I think it's a couple things because he is such a talented shot blocker. I think sometimes he maybe gets a little too carried away with that. You know, he talked preseason about wanting to be someone that alters shots at the rim, but I think he maybe goes a little too far sometimes where he comes from a weak side, tries to block a shot that he doesn't really have a chance at, and it leaves his guy open for an offensive rebound. And if Iowa State's going to play this kind of four-round-one style with only one big man, that big man can't necessarily be jumping at everything and risking you know, himself on the boards because then other teams are going to get offensive rebounds. I think that's what Texas did last night. They were able to get, you know, several offensive rebounds. Um, I think it was maybe eight or nine total. Um, and I think for him, it's just on the offensive end, it's trying to find some consistency. You know, he, when he runs the rim, he gets the ball sometimes, and he looks pretty good. But his back-to-the-basket game isn't terrific at the moment. Um, but I think it's just a question of maybe getting him more sound on the defensive end and just trying to get him a couple moves on the offensive end that he feels comfortable going to when he gets the ball in the post. Tyrese Hunter, Hunter, certainly the headliner of the recruiting mm-hmm. class that'll be coming in. What kind of point guard is he? Is he more of the mold of the pass first Monte Morris, or is this 
a scoring kind of point guard. And also tell us about the other guard that they picked up none right before Christmas, a Flint kid, speaking of Monte Morris mm-hmm. and the connection there, uh, what we mm-hmm. know, a guy that didn't have a whole lot of at least uh, stars next to his name in recruiting circles. Yeah, definitely. Let's start off with Tyrese Hunter because I am super excited about him. I remember when he committed um, over the summer, maybe it was in August, I got a text from one of our recruiting guys that said he's ranked way too low. And I think he's risen, I think, maybe like 50 spots more than that in the time since. He's someone that Iowa State fans should be just super excited about. Super athletic, worked on his shot a ton over the last year and is really shooting it more consistently now. He's someone that, you know, I hate saying it, but he could be one of maybe those one-and-dones that comes in and just can really elevate the level of a team just with his athleticism, his style of play where he can attack off the pick and roll. You know, he can shoot from outside. Um, I think he maybe could be one of those that maybe doesn't necessarily hit the ground running just because of his size at the moment. Um, But he's someone I think by the end of his freshman year could be a really special player. Now for Jaden Nunn, um, that's an interesting recruitment. Uh, He didn't have, you know, a, a ton of these high major offers that maybe a Tyrese Hunter had. He's someone that I've heard the staff is very confident in their kind of evaluation of. Um, and I think that he's someone that's kind of an intriguing prospect just in terms of his size, his grit, um, getting to talk to him. He takes a lot of pride on the defensive side of the ball, which I think is a really big thing for guards at Iowa State. You know, he's someone that is kind of long, athletic, really wants to set the tone on defense and then allow that to spring forward in onto maybe his offensive game. Um, I haven't heard a ton about maybe his shooting yet from outside, but in terms of just being able to be a slasher, uh, uh, you know, someone that can uh, attack off the dribble, someone that can play some good defense, he's someone that is definitely an intriguing prospect for Iowa State. Uh, Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports uh, is our guest, CycloneAlert.com. Let's switch to football. What, if anything, you're hearing about some of the guys that we you know, can come back that are they get that – I think what what is how does Sproul refer super uh, super senior. senior season which is pretty good. Um, what are you hearing about like a Lawrence White, Greg Eisworth? There's some chatter out there that he's really wrestling with this decision that that maybe was seemingly a foregone conclusion that you know he may be one of those guys that surprises you uh, here in the next week or so. What are you hearing, if anything, about the guys that we haven't heard from publicly pursuant to their plans uh, for this uh, for 2021? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Greg Eisworth is certainly an interesting situation just because he has played so much football at Iowa State. You know, he came in as a junior college transfer, as a three-time All-Big 12. Um, and I think just the decision for him is, hey, do I want to go try my craft at the professional level or do I want to try and, you know, come back and help, you know, lift Iowa State? And the thing that's so fascinating is that Iowa State took a JUCO um, player in this class, Ben Langston, who's kind of maybe seen as not his, you know, more or less Greg Eisworth's replacement at the strong safety position. So if Eisworth does decide to come back, you know, all of a sudden you're looking at a really deep, strong safety position where you've got, you know, Greg Eisworth, who's a three-time All-Big 12 player, super consistent, um, just a really good player. And then all of a sudden you've got depth behind him. So I, I think for Eisworth, it's more of a decision of, you know, is he done playing college football? Is he done with the classes and the, the rigid schedule and stuff like that? Or do you want to go try and, tries crafted in the NFL. Um, I don't necessarily know firsthand what his prospects look like at the NFL level, Mm -hmm. but he definitely has an interesting decision. Um, And I think maybe it's the same case with Lawrence White. I don't think he has that NFL future, but it's the same sort of thing where he's played a lot of football in his career. Does he want to ride off into the sunset and say, you want to know what, you know, in my time at Iowa state, we helped to rebuild the program went from, you know, three and nine to nine and three, one in New Year's six bowl. Am I good? You know, am I good to go start, you know, my professional career outside of football, 
Um, and I think those are maybe two of the big ones. I think for me, the biggest one that hasn't announced yet is Jake Hummel because he's one of those that, you know, Matt Campbell tabbed him as, you know, Mr. Consistent. And I think if he comes back, then all of a sudden you get, you know, your three linebackers back from this season. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting Aishim Young back at star, and then you're going to have Will McDonald ready to fill yep. uh, Jaquan Bailey's position too. And then all of a sudden you're looking at the defense like, oh, my gosh, like this is could be even better than this year's defense, which was already great. So, you know, I think there's definitely some intriguing decisions that should come maybe this week over the next two weeks, definitely before the NFL uh, deadline, which comes on January 18th. One final thing, uh, a guy that we've seen around the program a long time, Arnold Azuna. You have the reported Cyclone alert that he has entered the transfer portal. You lose your job to Ashim Young. Look, Ashim Young, you <laughs> can beat out a lot of guys. Yeah. But uh, a surprise at all, guy looking around and maybe trying to find a new home? No, I, I, for me, this wasn't a surprise. I, I think you look at his position this year. You know, he started off backing up by Shim Young, but down the stretch of the season, it was Mason Chambers who was backing up by Shim Young. Mm. And I think maybe there was a little bit of not writing on the wall, but just thinking, you want to know what? Maybe the staff is going to want to move on to maybe the younger piece at that position rather than relying on a redshirt senior who's in his, what would have been next year's sixth year with the program if he decided to stay. And I think for Azuna, you look at this like, hey, you want to know what? I have an opportunity to go play one final season. Why not find a place where I can start? Um, so I think for him, it's just an opportunity to try and go and start somewhere and maybe make a name for yourself, catch some attention from, you know, whether it be professional people or anything like that. Um, but I don't think it was necessarily a super surprise to see uh, Azuna go that route. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. Good hit with this here, Michael. We appreciate it. We will do it again soon. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Michael Swain. Uh, 247sportscyclealert.com. Bill Bender, next Miller and Condon till noon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO, and now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Station 1460 KXNO 106.3 FM. Thank you to Michael Swain 24 7 Sports on Iowa State. Did a nice job. Uh, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. He's a busy guy. College football coming to an end. He's moved over to the NFL. Uh, wrote a great piece. Alabama, Ohio State players in the NFL stacked rosters. Boy, that was eye opening. You wonder why they're there every single hmm. year, right? It's because uh, they have good players. It, it is. It really matters, doesn't it? Bill Bender joins us. Bill Trenton, Ken, that was an eye-opening piece. Well done, Bill Bender. How are you? Yeah, I've been sitting on that for a while. I mean, if you watch the NFL enough, you wonder. I wonder what that looked like. <laughs> I used to play a lot of Madden, and so we would do those Big Ten dream teams with my college roommate. But uh, we were talking about it, and the two things that stood out on that, honestly, is one, Alabama's receivers. Yeah. And you've got to... You go out there with a Julio, Calvin, Judy, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you know, Cooper, Ridley, and then uh, <laughs> on on the other side on third down, if, if you're facing a third and long, a high stake come at you with Boza, Boza, Young, and, and Cam Hayward. That's not too bad. No, <laughs> boy, oh boy, the Bosa brothers, Cam Hayward, and Chase Young, and Chase Young has been unbelievable. Boy, he is going to be a star uh, in the NFL, and maybe Bill one day he will get to the Hall of Fame. Which leads us to our next topic uh, before we get to college football. Um, the 15 finalists have been announced. Trent and I did this exercise at the beginning of the show. Bill, it's hard to eliminate guys. It really is. I mean, Woodson and Peyton Manning are 
lead pipe cinches, right? They are in for sure. Then it gets really tricky, Calvin Johnson. Some guy called during the break and reminded Darren Woodson's career, and he's 100% right. But it's tough when you only get, you know, theoretically you can only put three more in once they get down to five. Um, it's tough, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, all of this stuff is tough. And, you know, it's just been one of those weeks. Um, a lot going on in the NFL, obviously, a lot going on in college football. Um no, it's and not to change the subject, but I mean these COVID issues between Ohio State and Cleveland have been the talk up here. And is I it think, legit, Bill? Well, I think here I can answer it this way: um, Ohio State, if the next couple days go okay, I think they're going to play. The Browns didn't have any positive tests today, but here's the thing with that that that's really got me scratching my head: is how do you do a playoff game in the NFL and, and you try to protect the integrity of it and and you don't have a head coach on the sideline. I, I don't know at what point can they try to push that back, but um, it's kind of a bummer for the Browns because all of the excitement generated from making the playoffs has kind of been tempered from with what? You know, they, they've got all these guys missing now. Mm-hmm. It's frustrating. Is there, I'm sure there's been conversation in Cleveland about this, if they move it even to Monday? With Stefanski and the rest of the staff, if they're asymptomatic and get negative tests, would they be able if they even moved it back a day, or is that even off the table? I mean, that's the thing, and I'm wondering if we could get to that point mm-hmm. because, you know, Kevin Stefanski's done such a nice yes, job with that phenomenal. team. And, and, you know, if you don't have the head coach out there, big deal. I mean, especially on the road at Pittsburgh, and you don't want you want to protect the kids. I think it's different in college football. Let's say – Let's play a hypothetical game. If Ohio State has more of an outbreak, then they can push it back to the next Monday. I would, mm-hmm. I put them at the risk. Okay, is it going to the outbreak going to get worse, or is Alabama going to have one by then? But to me, you almost protect the game in some ways, in some unintentional ways, as in maybe Justin Fields a little healthier and. Mm-hmm. Maybe Jalen Waddle's on the field. Those are two exciting prospects right there alone. <laughs> yeah, no no doubt about it. Of course, Bill, you have a Heisman vote, and uh, last night the Heisman was awarded. You know what? Um, Trevor Lawrence is a hell of a player. I get that. And, and you know, we'll look back at some point. And I think you said this last week that, you know, some point we'll look back, wow, Trevor Lawrence won, never won a Heisman as good as he is and as good as he was in college. Yet Devontae Smith was the right way to go last night. It was refreshing, maybe. For a first time in what since ninety one with Desmond Howard, uh, that a receiver did win it, and I and I think you voters got it right. Hey, I had the top three in order, so, uh, so you really got it right. You nailed I'm it. A sheep? I don't know if I'm a sheep or just right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I was right. Uh, I definitely voted Devonte first, and then Trevor second, and Mac Jones third. And it was the headache for me was I almost think Mac Jones is getting underplayed a little bit, and people are. I'm not saying he's getting penalized, but the fact that he has all that talent around him and didn't he didn't but he didn't mess it up. He played great in the big games. And Devontae was the best player on the field in that Notre Dame game. And Trevor Lawrence, like I said, you know, um we had a budget meeting this morning and people were you know, I said that he lived up to expectations when you consider that from day one he's been consistent compared to, like, the Elways and Mannings and Lux mm-hmm. as a future number one pick. And I think he's lived up to expectations so far. Offensive line for Ohio State. It was, over the last couple of games, as good as it's been all season <clears throat> long. There was a lot of criticism of Sermon early in the year. 
I think a big part of that was the offensive line play. But those guys also got a little banged up against Clemson. Health-wise, are they good to go for the game Monday? And secondly with that, just your thoughts on that offensive line. Sermon's going to get the headlines, the protection time for Fields, the quarterback firing it. But they've really improved since we saw them there in October for the first time. I mean, that's it. A big game. Because both quarterbacks are going to make plays. The receivers are going to make plays. But if guys like Wyatt Davis and Josh Myers can can push around Alabama a little bit, Trey Sermon has another big game, Ohio mm. State absolutely can win. And vice versa. I mean, if Alabama pushes around Ohio State's defensive mm-hmm. front, Najee goes off, they'll probably win. Um, kind of how I knew it was going to go south for Clemson early was ETN couldn't get going. Nope. And I thought... You know, that's, that's a simple way of looking at football sometimes. But, you know, in big games with that much talent on both sides, you got to be able to run the football. Uh, Bill, I was dead wrong. I thought Clemson would have their way with them. I did. I thought Trevor Lawrence too much. And maybe it's because we didn't see or I didn't see enough of Ohio State to, uh, to think that they belonged on. Look, they belonged in the playoff. I just thought Clemson was going to beat them. Now I've come full circle, Bill. I absolutely, like you just said, I, I believe Ohio State can win this football game, certainly cover the 7.5, which tips my hand a little bit. But this might be a hell of a game on Monday night or the following Monday night whenever we see it. Well, picked Alabama 38-35, but I did it kind of okay. the same way I did the last game, where I did it with the understanding that, hey, Ohio State can win this game. Yep. And it's not just – I don't think it's from being from this part of the country. I think it's just – you see when you have these two super talented teams on the field, one of the things to keep in mind would be that, uh, you know, if they come out and play well, um, all it takes is a turnover or two. And remember when these guys played in the Sugar Bowl, that Steve Miller interception really turned things. And I think in a high-pressure situation, it could go either way. Alabama, this is a chance to be – what, seven titles in the 14 years of Saban? I, I think Crazy. I have that right. Jesus, It can't last forever. It, can't, it just can't. But how much longer can it last? What's a realistic conclusion to this run? Is it Saban just walks off in the sunset another three, four, five years down the line, a couple more national championships? Or is there going to be a point where this thing starts to tail back at least a little bit? You know, I, I've never really – we all grew up, and with dynasties in the 70s and 80s, they're, they're called dynasties. This isn't even a dynasty at that point. It's been going on so long. Um, and the way that they're able to continue to evolve has been the most impressive part. I mean, doing that Alabama High State NFL article, you know, you see the playmakers on offense. You see they've been able to remember when it was a question whether the Alabama running back would be good in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And now they have a 2,000-yard rusher and Josh Jacobs and, and on and on we go. Um, I think Nick Saban's ability to, and I've heard this from other people, so I'm stealing it from Gil Brand, um, his ability to coach coaches is unmatched. It's uh, certainly a good point, and that, that's a good steal on your part, and a good guy to borrow stuff. I like to use the word borrow as opposed to yeah. stealing. Uh, last last thing for you, Bill, and we know you're busy at the top of the hour. Um, in full disclosure, you're a Packer guy. That's your squad. I get it. But uh, your quarterback is going to be the MVP, isn't he? I mean, okay, so I can take it from the uh, you know professional standpoint. I think Green Bay, the home field advantage was huge. Um they're playing really well, and this is probably their best chance to reach the Super Bowl since the last time they had home field advantage when they 
lost to the Giants. Um, I think the AFC playoffs are going to be a lot of fun with Kansas City and Buffalo. But mm-hmm. now if I take off the journalist hat and, <laughs> and you're a fan of the Packers, um, you couldn't be more excited. Yeah. You, you really like where the offense is. But in the back of your mind, Tampa Bay. I'm, yeah, you just said it. Yes. I, I'm like, like, man, does Tom Brady really have to come up here in, <laughs> in a week? So I, I may be privately rooting for Washington to win that game. I can say that out loud. Absolutely, and you just did. And, Bill, we're out of time. Listen, we appreciate what you do for us. We'll talk to you next week, Bill Bender. We appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, take care, guys. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, sportingnews.com. Cappy, next from Chicago, Miller & Condon, 1460 KXNO. 106.3 FM.